All right, welcome to the Sports East House Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Thanksgiving week. Hope it was good for you, Shane, and you, Brandon. Hope it was a good little break. Oh, yeah. It was pretty good. Not bad. And I mean, I miss talking to you guys, but uh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, we recorded for like uh, a week. We didn't. We didn't so do our, our. We didn't do our picks. We didn't do that stuff. We missed a week. Yeah, we missed in a whole week. Um, but then again, instead, ba- Rob and I went Black Friday shopping. Yep, yeah, we Black Friday yeah. shopping, and got I got a load of stuff. I spent three hundred dollars, I think, over the last God. couple of days um, on a bunch of different things, mostly gifts. Not a ton for I me. I spent I spent twenty four dollars on French desserts. Nice. Yeah, that was that was my Black Friday, and, and I don't I don't regret it at all. And, and I'll be honest, the traffic at the mall it was just nuts, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, um, but that's we'll, the usual. We'll, we'll get to it in our post credit scene. Um, I, I'm Chargers. What are we doing? Please get rid of Brandon Staley tomorrow morning. Three pillars. Uh, bro, Three pillars. I can't. I can't. This is this is not only. Like disgusting. I don't have. I make. I'm at a. Guys, this team is four and seven. Four and seven. This roster is not a four and seven football team. They. No. This is a seven and four roster. Yes. Yeah. Even better than. <laughs> and, and by the way, I'll be honest. I always think maybe better. I always when I watch the Chargers, right? When I like have them on my TV, I'm like. Damn, this offense isn't creative. They do one creative play and then nothing for the next hour. And I'm like, oh, this offense still isn't creative. Oh, they had a creative play. Oh, it's actually. And then for the next hour, it's just the same rotating crap of like they have one creative play and that's it. This offense has nothing to it. It's the most preseason vanilla offense on planet Earth. And I'm not even thinking about the turnovers. I don't think the turnovers had anything to do with them actually losing this game. They just didn't. They just don't have anything redeemable on offense. Kellen Moore just looks. I don't know. I don't even think Kellen Moore is doing anything. It, it just feels like absolute nothingness. And then defensively, they're just stuck on their own devices. When we'll get to the Ravens in a second, but. For another week, this offense just continuously looks uninspiring, and I'm honestly just done. I keep saying I'm done. I had to sacrifice another Sunday night watching these guys on national TV with the volume off because I just couldn't handle it. I just, I, I, Jason Garrett, that being said, though, for the time I was actually on, Jason Garrett's a pretty good NFL commentator. I'm not going to lie. He's pretty good. He's probably the most he's calm. Fine. He's probably the most calm commentator I've ever seen um, yeah. commentate in an NFL game. But I, I I enjoyed that. That was probably the only thing I enjoyed tonight <laughs> uh, in terms of the Chargers. But uh, Shane, what are your thoughts? This offense again just looks uninspiring as hell. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny because um, I was watching this game with my dad, who is. I mean, he's a definitely a casual football fan. Like he knows the bigger names, and um, you know, but he doesn't know like every player on the field and every coach, whatever the the way that you know people like us do. Um, and even even he was like, "Why haven't they fired this coach?" 
<laughs> as we're sitting there watching it. And I said, and I mean, I, I agreed with him, obviously, but just to see where he got that idea, I was like, well, what makes you say that, you know? And um, he's like, well, guys, they got this Herbert kid's pretty good. The that running back and uh, they had that one of those Bosa kids and all this, you know, a couple other guys. And he's like, how are they four and seven? And I was like, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting you bring up Kellen Moore. Cause I, I was just about to say something about him. Um, because I, I think, you know, I looked at him last year, uh, like with the Cowboys and whatnot, and I was like, oh, they're going to struggle offensively now that they don't have him, and they're just left to Mike McCarthy. And well, starting to think Mike McCarthy may not have been the issue in Dallas. <laughs> um, <laughs> you no, know, it's in Dallas, but it's much better than what's going I mean, on in LA. No, uh, yeah, like, not that he's great, but, but yeah, no, I mean, he's, because uh, I just, I was thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, now that McCarthy's calling the plays, uh, that offense is uh, as good, if not better, than last year, um, I would argue a little bit better, despite having a little less talent and the Chargers offense has just gone from mediocre to gross. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not needless to say, I'm not very high on, on Kellen Moore anymore, more anymore. <laughs> that rhymes. Um, I don't. I don't think we were high on him after Zeke took a snap at center last year. Well, yeah, that was that was a little uh, that was a little concerning. But, um, God, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that play is just still hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I. I have more thoughts, but Brandon, what do you think? I could go on forever. <laughs> I mean, do I do I have to do I have to be like that Simpsons meme where it's like you know don't make don't make me tap the sign because every every <laughs> week every week the three pillars are still in place, but they're <laughs> worse. But the problem is, Brandon, they're worse every week. It's it's amazing how there's how it's still there every week and somehow it's just like have you ever seen like you know you look at ancient Rome back in the day and where is this you know, going? No wait, you look at ancient I like Rome it. Back, you look at ancient Rome back in the day. You look at how like you know their construction of things. You know them building you know coliseums and building other buildings, but you know with strong pillars and you know over time that foundation just erodes and it just you know, cracks and falls apart. So there are the charger three pillars of a foundation. But problem is each week it gets worse. So that thing is eroding right before our eyes. And it's 
it's it's it's amazing that every week it becomes the same thing. Like this offense doesn't suit this offense doesn't allow Justin Herbert to do a whole lot. It's not creative and it's not it's not helping him. Like once again, first pillar was free Justin Herbert. He doesn't deserve this. And then second one, it's it's been the same thing for almost two years now of firing Brandon Staley. And the third one is listen, they didn't have a they didn't have a lead today in the fourth quarter, but or I think even what all except for a three nothing lead early on in the game, but like you you still had chances to win this game, and once again in the fourth quarter you could not put it away and you couldn't finish. So every week it's the same thing. You can't finish games. Herbert is is struggling behind a behind a terrible offense that should be better than what it is because the pieces are there, and your head coach is still it's still for lack of a better word trash. He's so, tr- no, it's trash. It's it's awful. Like oh my god, it's like every week. I I believe me. I know we're on a Chargers pod. I want to say something positive about this team. But my god, there's nothing right now. You, you, like, we all we all finally, as a Chargers pod, got to. I've watched a lot of this team this year, but you guys, I think, finally on Sunday night, we finally have recorded after a Chargers game. Brandon, like, what? What's your takeaway after watching four quarters of, of this team play football? I feel like after watching it, it's just like I even said before the game, I didn't want to watch this because I knew what the outcome was going to be. Like, uh, it's just, I think my takeaway is just that you know, what's the definition of of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting different results. So it's like. This is what this Charger team is. They're, they're the definition of insanity. It's it's. I've lost my mind. What? And I've lost my mind watching this team. So, I I just don't know what to even like. What can you take away from this other than they kept the, the only thing, the only positive I think takeaway from this is that they kept they kept the game super close. In that, really throughout the entire game against a good Baltimore Ravens team, and you know, that's the only thing I can really think of. Because other than that, the offense didn't do anything. The defense, you know, wasn't spectacular, but it it, it kept them in the game. Um, I, I don't know what else you can po- positively take away from that because everything else is just negative. I have another positive: oh. Joey Bosa eating raisin brand is a positive. Well, well. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, Shane, your thoughts on watching four quarters of this football team? What's your takeaway? My takeaway is, yeah, uh, they need to change now. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, it's not going to do much this year. I feel like it's a little, uh, a little late for that. But going forward, it would help you know if you can if you can start the rebuild not necessarily like for the whole team but just the rebuild for the the coach if you can start it now instead of needing to take six seven eight weeks or just like you know half a season next year to do it uh that's ideal i mean do it tomorrow like get like don't wait eight more weeks to get this done it's not right. useful. It doesn't help anybody. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's plenty of guys out there who I think would be a good fit. Um, 
Should have taken Sean Payton once again, but that's in the past now. Um, but other guys, um, Brian Flores, I think that could work. Uh, we saw how he turned Miami around. Tom Johnson in Detroit. Yeah. The offensive coordinator in Detroit. Yeah. Like a good thought. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think about uh, this. Brandon Brian Johnson, maybe? Please take him. <laughs> take him. Take him. I don't care we won tonight. Take him. We'll get there. Um, Dan Quinn? No. No. <laughs> no. I, I think Tom Johnson makes the most sense. If he, that's the right name, the OC in Detroit. I think that makes sense. I think that's it, sense. yeah. Um, going to offense, I'm just going to read off the points scored every week for the Ravens and just give me your reaction. I'm not going to tell you the team. I'm just going to tell you the total points scored. You guys ready? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going from week one down. So week one, week two, week three, week four, so on and so forth. Okay. 25 points, 27 points, 19 points. 28 points, 10 points, 24 points, 38 points, 31 points, 37 points, 31 points, 34 points, 20 points. What's your reaction to that? Well, seems like they were kind of shaky at first, but now they're on a roll for the most part. And yet, today, I still feel like this team doesn't make sense. Shane, do you agree? I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams this year because yeah, it's been very topsy-turvy this season. But, I mean, no, I think, I think it's relatively, well, not simple, but um, for the most part, they make perfect sense to me. I think it's a team that is a little bit Lamar friendly, a little bit, or not friendly, reliant. Um, it's just that until this year, they didn't really have a lot for him to work with other than Mark Andrews. And I think they just are giving into his athletic ability instead of trying to turn him into some pocket passer and just and that being said I, I think he has improved as a passer quite a bit this season um, but regardless I, I think it's just a team that is quick and uh, and creative offensively and is also quick, but very physical defensively. And, you know, they can they can beat you multiple ways. From running to, uh, you know, whether it's like Gus Edwards or Lamar. Or if it's uh, an all-out passing attack with OBJ, say Jones. You know, was Mark Andrews? Not now. Unfortunately, but um, but you know, even without him, they seem to be fine for the most part. 
which I think says a lot about the talent they've built up there the last couple of years, or the last year, I guess. Um, they are able to do that because a year or two ago, uh, this would not be possible without Mark Andrews. Yet, here they are now. They're doing it. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel about them. Brandon, do you agree? Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I like, you know, we're saying like, you know, each like, you know, they've been shaky. You know, especially they were shaky, like a lot shakier early on. Uh, like, you know, you can say that about every single team right now that's in the playoff picture, pretty much. That's like, you know, in the, in the top seven seeds of each conference, really. But uh, especially the teams that have eight, nine, or like the Eagles say, having 10 wins, you can do the same thing for all of them. But it's like, when I look at the Ravens team, I, I, I'm I'm not like, I know we know that they're, that, that they're, that they're like they're dominant, but they're not as dominant as what the media makes them to be. Like I don't see it yet. Like defensively, they they're still a top tier defense, but I mean, this is a team that you know. It's like I still think their offense has to find another gear. And now without Mark Andrews, it's like it still feels like they're kind of they're trying to turn him, turn Lamar into a pocket passer. But it still feels like they're almost playing like a backyard football with him, I guess, is the best way I can kind of think of it. I mean, like, Zay Flowers is nice. OBJ is still serviceable. Um, you know, there, there's, still, there's still something there compared to what Lamar's had in previous seasons, and that kind of helps the offense a little bit. But I feel like, you know, we always say defense wins championships, right? And this defense can can – play with the best of them this season but i just feel like like today like uh, you know yeah the chargers have our our, our you know the Chargers are the chargers you know and, and when you play you know justin herbert regardless of how bad team right might be justin herbert always finds a way to hang around in games but you know like that the ravens chargers game i thought that game was gonna be more of a blowout and it was a one score game basically all the way till the end and it was only a 13-10 game. Like they weren't impressive today. They they weren't impressed. They they lost to the Browns and they shouldn't have. Like you know they they blew out the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are have been really shaky this year at best. Uh, you know they got into a one-score game with the Cardinals. Uh, you know they lost to the Steelers. I mean, listen, Steelers, Steelers Ravens is always that close. But they only scored 10 points against the Steelers. They struggled against a good defense. Like I feel like. You know, when they play somewhat decent defenses, they just seem to not be able to to get it together. Like the, you know, the Chargers have a kind of a iffy D, but but it's just like the Ravens to me are not showing, I think, anything yet that is like I'm wowed by them. Like like the meet like the rest of the mainstream media might be like ESPN, Fox Sports. Like you know, we always hear about Lamar Jackson play great or the Ravens play great. I'm like. Not really, but you know, I'm like, you know, they're still a tough team, but that's because they they rely heavily on their style of defense. That defense, like, defense win championships, like they could win a championship this year with how good their defense is, but their offense to me still, I just think it leaves it still leaves a, a lot to be desired yet. 
Um, I mean, have not like I said, have not having Mark Andrews doesn't help, obviously, but they're still, you know, a quarterback like a quarterback like Lamar Jackson with Zay Flowers, you know, with OBJ, who it definitely is still serviceable. He still he can still make plays. You know, it should still be better than what it is, and that concerns me going forward as we go into like these games. You know, start 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 getting into the real real tough stretches of the season for these teams. Like, remember the Ravens' upcoming schedule. Is is difficult. It's difficult because you you have you have. I mean, Rams next week. You're at home. That's not bad. But you have the Jaguars who can beat you, the Niners who can definitely beat you, the Dolphins who can definitely beat you, and the Steelers who you always play tough against. Like, you know, if the Ravens aren't careful, or if they can't kind of hit that brought like hit that full potential where I know they can be. You know they could lose four out of those five games, so, and that would that would really be a big blow to their season. Um, but uh, you know anything's possible. But I I don't know. Like right now, looking at that stretch, especially those last three to four games, that is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. It's like I I'm, I don't know how confident I am, especially because all three of those games are on the road. They got to go to Jacksonville, then San Fran. Uh, oh no, they're at home for the Dolphins, but still it's the Dolphins. Um, but those two back-to-back road games are going to be tough because you're going from one side of the country to the other too. So, you know, I I'm still confident in them, but I'm not sold on them. I think like other people might be. Their defense can take them a long way, but their offense still leaves, still leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I don't. I think the next few weeks I'm going to understand them better. But where Brandon's at is kind of where I'm at at this point, where it's like. I see the consistency. I know it can come. I'm just not as confident in it, I guess. Um, I guess something I'm also yeah. Continue on, Shane. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I was just gonna say really quick because, like, you know, you, Brandon, you mentioned how uh, they can. How you're not as high on them as like the media is, and I would agree with that. I I feel the same way. Because I look at all these, you know, like the five or six best teams, you know, and I can tell you right off the bat three things about them that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then three things where I'm like, oh, this is bad. This needs to be fixed. And they're no exception to that, you know, so it's they're by no means perfect, like. Like many people, yeah, like to like to say. But anyways, yeah, Rob. Uh, to continue on your team, I'm continuing to just not be confident in. And we can talk about the last two games for this team: the Kansas City Chiefs. They made <laughs> they made Aiden McConnell look like a Pro Bowler today. And look, they didn't score like a ton, the Raiders. But what 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 was that? And comparing it to even what they did on Monday night, which we haven't talked about at length, I'm also quite confused with them. Brandon, what are your your thoughts on Kansas City? I mean, I mean, you know me; I'm still celebrating after we beat them. Um, but <laughs> at, you know, but when it comes to Kansas City, I mean, th- this is still a team that you know, like Vegas hung in there with them for three quarters. Um, and it's like, you know, you shouldn't be struggling against, 
Vegas at all, especially a quarterback that hasn't looked good in the past, but you made him look pretty damn good today. I think he's um, improving. I, that's one thing I'll say about Aiden, O'Con- Aiden McConnell. I think he's improving. And that's yeah, O'Connell. O'Connell, yes. I'm going to keep messing up his I name. I think. It's Aiden O'Connell, yeah. But I'll say he's, he's getting better week to week, but continue, Brandon. I just, like, I mean, I mean – it's it's crazy, but like yeah, Aiden O'Connell. I mean, he had he had 250 yards, basically 250 yards passing a TD. Like you know, he he. If you look at the stats, they're very compared. They're very comparable to Patrick Mahomes today. Like he actually went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, and you know, like the Chiefs have that championship pedigree, right? You know, like I, I'm not I'm not as concerned about them. I think as 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 you know, a lot of you like you are, or maybe. The rest of other people might be a little bit like, listen, I, you know, like Shane said, like, you know, there's three good things about all these good teams, and there's three, there's three not so good things, you know, like with the Chiefs, it's like, you know, they they have this thing where it's like, sometimes it just feels like, it almost feels like, you know, they're they're so dominant for so long, but they just have these these lapses in games, like where. You know, the offense, you know, can't really get a rhythm. I mean, part of that is because the receivers can't catch. The receivers are terrible. Um, But that's their problem, number one. Yeah. (laughs) Like, their receivers are god awful. But, I mean, like, their defense is is still really good. They're like the Ravens to me. Their their offense still has that that next gear. The Ravens offense, like, is, is. I, I mean, I would not. I mean, not running back wise, but I think I think probably receiver wise, the Ravens' offense is more talented than the Chiefs. Um, uh, like the yeah, teams, absolutely. Both teams have that same problem where it's like, where is your second gear? Where is that championship team that we know you can be? Because we still, especially when you when you lose the Philly in a game that you more or less dominated for about three quarters. And then you are in a dogfight with the Raiders for three quarters. You know, you've basically in the past two weeks played played what? Uh a game and a half of, of really shaky football. Um, I mean every every good team goes through that. But against the Raiders, it's a. I mean, the Raiders like like let's not get it twisted. I mean, they they made they made a change and it's worked out for the better. They've had a, they've had a they've lit a fire under themselves. But you know, it's still the Raiders. Like you can't go in there and just look like you're sleepwalking pretty much for for two quarters. So it's it's just the Chiefs are like the Ravens are like the where it's like all those three teams and those others, but those three teams especially, it's like they, these teams are built to win a championship. But they just that they all have issues, they, and then they rear their ugly head in games that they shouldn't be. And then, then we all get concerned, and we're like, who's the top dog here? Because, like, you know, record-wise, it's Philly, but defensively, it's probably Kansas City or Baltimore. And it's like, but their offenses don't do what Cleveland. Philly's offense. But yeah, and but then their offense doesn't do what Philly does late in games. So it's like it's 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 just like all these teams, Chiefs included, it's just like I don't know what to make of it. It's like you know 
I mean, great teams find ways to win. We always say that every year. That's just a that's a cliche in football, but it's it's true. They do, and the Chiefs did win today, and you know they still did it. But it's just, you know, it's still concerning that every and like every team, not just the Chiefs, but every team this year that we've thought at, is a Super Bowl contender, have not had one like. Against like against like a, a, a somewhat decent team, like a team above five hundred or five hundred or better, they haven't had one dominant game. None of these teams, they've beat up on on the on the lower teams because they should have, but you know it's like none of these teams. It's like from week to week, it's like it's like a crazy carousel ride, where it's like, what are you gonna get? Are you gonna get a full sixty minutes from these teams? Or are you gonna get half a game? Are you gonna get one good quarter to win it at the end of the fourth quarter? Or are you gonna get? You know, a good first half, and then you toast in the second, so you don't look as good in the second half. Like, I don't know what what to, what you're gonna get every week out of these teams, and the Chiefs today are no exception. You got basically one half of football where the Raiders they're making the Raiders look really damn good, and the Raiders are a 500 football team. So, or now I think about now below 500. So it's like, it's, I mean, it's just the Chiefs are gonna be who they are. Like, I, I'm not too concerned about it because their flaws. I, to me, aren't as bad as some other teams, but you know, they're, they're, I mean, but their biggest flaw is going to be obviously their offense. But it's just, I, I don't know where, like, I just don't know what to make of them. Like, I, that, that's that's why I said for weeks it was, and I've said it since the start of the season. It's Philly and everybody else, Philly, and then everybody else goes underneath because it's just like we know Philly's one of the best best at closing out games. Kansas City's been shaky at that this year. Baltimore's been shaky at that this year. The Bills obviously have been shaky at that this year. And they, they once again today, same thing. Like, it's just I don't know what to make of these good teams anymore. That's just I, I and, and the Chiefs are just no exception. Even with Patrick Mahomes, you know, still in an MVP race pretty much. It's not enough because receivers can't catch. That defense has kind of lapses, even though they're a great defense, they had lapses, and like we said, they made they made Aiden O'Connell look like it looked like a an all pro almost so you know it's i just think it's one game remember last week was in bad conditions so both both the eagles and chiefs struggled so i'm not going to judge it but next week if they struggle i'll have more to say about it pretty much the chiefs play the packers in lambo on sunday night next week it'll be cold weather december (laughs) sunday night shane so problem number one for you is the receivers what's problem number two and three for you for kansas city well, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, you're saying that they remind you of the Ravens, but I, I'm, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily because, like, I think that, you know, the Ravens, they do have that second gear. They just can't get to it consistently, like on offense. Um, but, I think the difference is I don't I don't think Kansas City has that second gear at all. And the reason I say that is because you know, we've seen we've at least seen the Ravens have multiple 30-point games in back-to-back weeks sometimes and some of those against pretty good defenses like Cleveland and uh whatnot. But Kansas City they've only really had one offensively dominant game all year and that was against the Bears which you know that's not exactly something to brag about um, 
Plus, that was uh, Taylor's first game, so people were a little more focused on that. <laughs> um, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so, with the Chiefs, um, yeah, I think really all the problems for me come with the offense. Um, a, lack of receivers is killer. Um, B, they, like Brandon said, they have trouble finishing games, um, which is very important in this in this league, especially later in the year. <clears throat> and uh, finally, I think, and I mean, this is just sort of general, but um, they seem, they just seem a lot less disciplined this year. Um, like, they just, when you watch them, they don't look very inspired. They just seem kind of sloppy. Like, they just don't care as much. And I know that's very general, very assumption-based, but that's just how it looks. Um, you know, I mean, defensively, I think they're great, uh, which I certainly was not expecting that going into, into this year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... They definitely have to find some second gear offensively, or they're probably not gonna, you know, be finding themselves back in the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah, I'm I I'm not sure what to think about it. Uh, let Let's look at their schedule moving forward. Well, next week. Next week, we got the Sunday Nighter. So, if they struggle against the Packers next week, the conversation is going to change. Even with the Bills, they got the Bills after that. They got the Bills after that. So, the next two weeks, we're going to learn a lot more about what they're going to look like um, moving forward. Uh, but definitely not the most positive thing moving forward. Uh, another another game that wasn't the most positive. I think the only game I really want to cover from Thursday or Friday is is the Packers and the Lions. Uh, Brandon, do you still think the Lions are a contend, a Super Bowl contender at this moment, or do you think they're just the steady playoff team? Oh man, it's like Jared Goff's been there before, right? We know Jared Goff has been there before, so. It doesn't concern because remember they they were coming off a short week, uh, you know they they didn't look great against the Bears, but, they, but once again, the teams will still find a way to win games, and they did. They they came back from two scores within three minutes left. Um, and then, I mean, the Packers just took it to them. But then again, you know they had they had two division games on a short week. The the bad thing is they were there. It was a home game. That's that's the bad part about it. Like I mean, and, you know, Lambo this time of year is cold, yeah, but still, two division games. You struggle at home in both games. Like let's be honest, I mean, you won the game, but you should have lost against the Bears. But like I said, you good teams will still find a way to win. I I still think 
they can be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, their problem, though, really, is just that defense. That defense is terrible. And right now, it's rearing its its ugly head. Like, they they struggled. This is like this is the third week now they've struggled. They struggled against the Chargers. They gave up 38 to the Chargers. They gave up 26 to the Bears. They should have given up more if the Bears could have finished the game. And they gave up 29 to the Packers. And none of those teams have good offenses. So that's concerning that you've stayed through for three straight weeks. You've been lit up by bad offenses. And then you play the Saints now. You're on the road. I mean, it's in a dome, so you don't have to worry about I mean, you, you, your home stadium is a dome, so there's no elements or anything like that. So there's a third straight dome game you're playing. Um, but the Saints are a, are a, you know, good defensive team still. Um, I mean, today they got beat by the Falcons, but they're still – I mean that that division beats up on each other all the time. So yeah, that that game was pretty tight and fun, to be honest. And the Falcons yeah. are winning that division with a losing record. So you want to talk about a bad division? Yeah. So that's in <laughs> the NFC South. Yeah. So that I mean that Saints game, like that could be a trap game very easily for the Lions. Um, you know, after that they've got, you know, like I said, I mean it seems like their schedule is easy, but they got the Bears. They got to go to Soldier Field, and they got the Broncos. Broncos are are coming like the broncos are are they're here now so picking up steam yeah and you know that that could be a that that could be another game where you know you kind of overlook because they what they were early in the season like these games are nothing to sneeze at like you have you have saints tough game on the road trap game you have the bears bears almost beat you then you're going to the cold soldier field broncos you're at home but the broncos are coming you have a Vikings team that's been kind of reignited under under Josh Dobbs, um, and then you have, you know, I remember the Vikings are still playing for something. So I mean, they're they're going to be hungry to beat you, especially that that first game they play the Vikings is on the road. Um, then you go from Minnesota, you go play Dallas. Dallas is going to be is basically what the other than the Ravens, the best defense you've played this season. And when you play the when you play the Ravens, you got your 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 face beat in. So you got to be careful with that game. And then you play the and then you play the Vikings again to end the season. But that game could mean something for both teams if if, if the Lions kind of don't get together and the Vikings keep surging. So this schedule looks easy when you first glance at it, but it really kind of isn't. And if the Lions continue to struggle like they really have been the past three weeks. I still think they're a Super Bowl contender, but if they don't, if they don't really, really beat up on the Saints, and, and honestly, Saints and and Bears, because you got to prove that you can beat your division pretty handily, and they honestly haven't done that. Um. So, I mean, I I still think they're contenders as of right now, but I feel like with the Chiefs, same thing with the Chiefs. These next two weeks will tell me. Basically, we'll we'll know by by. At least after the first week of December, we'll know where these teams kind of stand. I'm going to give it one more, maybe two more games, but that's basically it. Shane, are you concerned with the turnovers offensively for the Lions? Because that's where that's the extra piece over the last month that has concerned me massively with this team. I mean, yeah, a little bit. You know, it's um, turnovers are. Turnovers are what a lot of times 
decides a game. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that the team with more turnovers in a game is usually the one that loses. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not super worried about them after this game, or I shouldn't say that. This game doesn't really change my opinion of them uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a division rival. They did get within a touchdown of them. So, you know, I'm not like, oh my God, what are they going to do? You know, but that being said, I mean, I, I don't think I ever really considered them like a serious Super Bowl contender this season. Because um, I just, I think, I think they're still probably a year or two away from that. They definitely need to get some more defensive pieces, uh, particularly <laughs> in the secondary. And, well, and linebackers. I mean, pretty much everything except the D-line. Um, which, I mean, even that, an upgrade wouldn't hurt in in a spot or two, but anyways. So, uh, yeah, but do I still consider them a playoff contender? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll probably, I'm still thinking they'll probably win the division and win a playoff game in Detroit. Um, and then, you know, we'll we'll see from there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that much at least I would say. I still still feel that way. Yeah, I think give it a couple more weeks. I still have them in that Super Bowl bubble, but they are teetering out for me after the last few weeks. But we'll see how their schedule um, presents themselves or how they present themselves with their schedule over the next few weeks. A couple quick hits. For me here, Jaguars, Texans. Look, the Texans defense is not anything to write home about. We knew this, but I'm so excited for this. These two teams to play twice a year moving forward. Are you are you guys excited for this moving forward? I never thought in my lifetime that Jaguars Texans <laughs> Texans would be an exciting rivalry in the NFL, but um, I think that's gonna be the next great, I mean, knock on, knock on wood, but uh, for the next, like, you know, five, ten years, <laughs> next great NFL rivalry, um, or, you know, like, division rival, I guess, um, with these two guys. This is, uh, this is exciting. It was a close game. You know, obviously, Jacksonville came away with the win, but... I mean, Houston, they got close. <laughs> that game was fun. You know, that game was fun. I just, it was. The thing is that I just look at Houston and I just like their defense. is nothing special. I don't think their defense is in a rebuild, but... They're and they're fix, young. They're going to fix that real quick, I think. They're very young. Yeah, I, I think they're going to fix that really quick. Brandon, your thoughts on Jags-Texans? I mean, the, the, this is wild, right? Like... If you if you add up the, the combined yardage today, 
right? Like, look at the numbers, team stats-wise. This, this, this is just wild. Jaguars had 445 total yards of offense. Tight, uh, uh, Texans had 352, right? Let's Ooh. add that up real quick. Let's add that up real quick. So, four something. Yeah, 445 plus 352 is almost 800 total yards of offense in two teams. Jesus Christ. Um, they both didn't uh, even hit 30 points. Uh, Texans ran 58 plays. Jaguars ran 68. Um, Jesus. Like, it's uh, – man. But, like, it's just a show. Like, Trevor Lawrence alone had 364 yards of offense passing. And then That's a yard you know, for every day of the year. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he had an interception, but then, you know, you look at, like, because their run game, there was no run game today. So it was all Trevor Lawrence and his arm. Um, I mean, his ball distribution was, was pretty damn good. Calvin Ridley had five catches, 89 yards of TD. Christian Kirk had four catches, 89 yards, and, and that was it. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram had five catches, 49 yards. You know, like he, he spread the even Travis Etienne had four catches, um, so he spread the ball around great. I mean, CJ Stroud continues to just be impressive. Guy had 304 yards passing, two TDs. You know, he also had a rushing TD. He he had over 350 yards of total offense himself. So he went him and him and Trevor Lawrence just went back and forth. Tate uh, had a good day too. Again, I love yeah yeah together. Uh, yeah. Nico Collins had the best day, though. He had another game. He had seven catches, 104 yards in a TD. Um, I mean, Devin Singletary was – it's funny. Devin Singletary was their second leading receiver. Yeah, he actually got the ball a lot. It was weird. Yeah, like – but it's like that – those two teams, it's like, yeah, just like Shane, I never thought in my life I'd be saying Jaguars-Texans is a marquee matchup, but it's become that. I think now it's here. So, oh, man, like that's just – Mark it on your calendars twice a year for the next 10 years. I'm serious. Like, be, it, these, both, these, both, these two are great. Both assuming they both great. stay there, but. Yeah. Both teams have great young quarterbacks. Both teams have great coaches. Both teams have uh, marquee playmakers on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it's like it, you can't get much better than this. This is a, this is a, this, like, if this was the Sunday night game, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, and I think going forward, it should be. It's going to be a primetime game next year. I promise. It's, At least it's, one of them is going to yeah. be. It's going to have to be because these these two teams, like you want to talk about fireworks, they, these two teams they 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 bring it. Especially like well against each other, they they brought it today. But these two teams are capable are capable at least of bringing it every week. I have and, I have a request actually. You know the Jaguars yeah. have never played on Thanksgiving. Let's do Texans Jaguars in Jacksonville on Thanksgiving. Oh hell yeah! There you go. Oh, give me that! Give me that with a side of stuffing. <laughs> I, I, I'd be so Actually, wait, that. wait. There is a serious possibility that they will play each other again later in the playoffs. Very yeah. real possibility. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very real. Oh, um, get your popcorn ready. Don't don't get your popcorn ready for Patriots Giants. I'll oh. be on. I'll be. I'll be honest, guys. This Do we have game, to talk about this game? Wait, 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 wait. I understand, <laughs> but give me a moment. Give me, please, please. Okay. Give, me, give me your attention. You have a moment. Um, this game was so fascinating just because of how bad it was. I couldn't take my eyes off it. 
because I was like, how are these two teams this bad? Like, how is the bottom <laughs> barrel of the NFL this bad? I mean, if you think about it, one team only has a running back and the other team has nothing. So, you know, it's, I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. I mean, not to mention that, you know, Brian Dave and Wink Martindale hate each other's guts, apparently. Um, but Jesus, like, gee, I wonder why, like this game was bad already. When, you know, listen, the pride and joy of New Jersey, Tommy DeVito, right? Like, Okay. Was the best part of today in New York, by the way, he was great. Today. Of course, of, of course, I'm gonna hype him up because Tommy Beal's a Jersey boy, and you know we all we love our own. Even though I'm an Eagles fan, we still love our own here. But it's like this game was gonna be bad because even before, even they said this week that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi were splitting the reps 50-50, the and starting reps. And Bill Belichick didn't even announce a starter until like a d- two days before the game. Yeah, like, way, way, to have, way to have faith in your quarterback, Bill. Like, like, way, like what are you doing here, man? Like, like you, you're, literally, you're literally just ruining Mac Jones' psyche. I mean, he's not been great, but you're ruining his psyche. You're, you have nothing left to lose. Like, at this point, just... Just let him like, out there. Bailey's yeah, not going to be much. Him just let yeah, him just rip. Like, let it go. Just let it go. It's like Bill Belichick is still coaching this as if he's... In a, on a, on the on the bubble of a playoff spot, like he's coaching it hunt, like this bro. team's ten and two. Yeah, like it's it's like you gotta just let it go, man. The season's over. Like it's 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 ridiculous. Just 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 let it go. Let him go out there and swing it. Whatever happens, happens. It is go down with the ship. Like that's but, why Tommy DeVito's just they're they're finally letting him go. Why? Because they don't care. Just like let yeah. let him go. <laughs> like it's it's just. Oh God! Like my my goodness! I mean, it's like <laughs> how much more do we even got to really say about this game other than just my God? It, it, like we we've talked about toilet bowl this season. And, That's and the toilet games. bowl. That's the that, pot like, cookies game of the year. Yeah. That's oh, off like the pot cookies toilet bowl. Oh yeah, that that might actually win the award for like the biggest pot cookies game of the year. Yeah, we're gonna because... have a pot. We're gonna have a pot cookies award, and I argued this game already won it. Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, unless two teams play to a zero-zero tie, <laughs> there, there, there's nothing that can be worse than this. I, but again, you I, know, was, I was just so mesmerized by how bad it was. It made no sense. Go ahead, like, Shane. Well, you know, if 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 a zero-zero tie is gonna happen any year, it'd be this year. So, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm just saying. Um, uh, man. On on the plus side, and so we're talking about Brandon Staley getting fired. We're talking about the fact that the Raiders made a change at their head coach, and and look at what what's happening there. On uh, there was another coaching change, probably the most important coaching change of the year, in Matt Canada finally getting the can, and the Steelers got four hundred. Yes. 400 yards of offense. And by the way, way, under Matt Canada's stewardship, horrible stewardship, they never got 400 yards of offense. Oh, could they? And they finally got 400 yards today. So props to Pittsburgh for winning a game and actually looking competent 
on offense. You know when they last? You know when they last had four hundred yards of offense in a game? Oh, I don't even want to know. What Jesus Christ! What was it? It was. I forget exactly when it was, but it was like week ten of twenty twenty or something like that. Oh my god! Not even a joke. Um, so there you hey, go. Hey, like remember when? Remember when Pittsburgh started out? Like eleven and zero that year, or whatever it was. Yeah, they yeah. fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was then during that eleven oh, zero stretch. Well, like, that, that was oh, that was God, when they last had. Yeah. What's more? What's more impressive? Eleven and zero falling apart, or this garbage team being seven and four in a playoff picture? They, like, right. Uh, finally, finally, not only like Deontay Johnson, like he's still a bit frustrated, but Kenny Pickett finally looks like Kenny Pickett again. Look thank pretty you. Good today. He, yeah, he, showed us he showed us something. This is what this like. I feel bad. I have two Steelers fans, two Steelers friends who are fans, and you know they they both have Kenny Pickett's jersey. One has the Kenny Pickett home jersey, the one has the Kenny Pickett road jersey. Um, and I don't they know these guys. They both wore it proudly today. I bet. I I don't even know. I I gotta ask them. I gotta ask them how they feel. I didn't ask them after the game, but like. They love Kenny Pickett, but all but the entire time they've been like, listen, we like they were growing impatient with Kenny Pickett, but I'm like, listen, like get Matt Canada out there and, and then and then get him out of there and see what happens. And today we saw what happened. Kenny Pickett is looking like a quarterback now. I mean, it's only one game, so you know. But you would figure you would figure that there would be some you know like growing pains with it. But like, I mean, stat wise, it was pretty damn good. I mean, 24, 33, 278. He looked so, great too. I test. He looked like he did at the end of last year. Like I was like, "There we go." Like, there we go, like man. that's that's what we need to see out of Kenny Pickett going forward the rest of the season, and especially like if they can get that going, if they can just bottle this up. Listen, I mean, they got to score more points, obviously, but if they can continue to do that and start kind of getting maybe twenty four points a game, twenty six, try to get twenty seven. Man, so that's a big ask for this team this year, Jesus. But like. <laughs> If you can get to like that twenty-four to twenty-seven range consistently, this team can be really good. It's just they that. can, they absolutely can. They can be competitive if, in the playoffs if this team gets their offense together, especially with that defense. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That defense can can do it with the best of them. That's that's a top five defense. But it's just like, man, they're like this. This was like it's funny because the score uh, the score obviously won't show an explosion of offense, but that's that's what it was. Today, like, look at looking across the board here. Uh, we got, of course, I read Kenny Pickett's numbers, but even your rushing attack, you know, Najee Harris, 15 carries, 99 yards, and TD. Uh, you know, Jalen Warren wasn't great, but he did what he had to do. Uh, Pat, Pat Fryer was your leading receiver, funny enough. Thank Nine God, finally, the- Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, finally they used Pat Fryermuth, who I I had him in fantasy for like half the season. I had to get rid of him because he wasn't doing anything, and now he's now he's gonna. I guarantee he explodes now. Um. So, but, and then you got, you know, Pickens who had 58, you know, three catches for 58 yards. Deontay Johnson, four catches, 50 yards. Like, you know, the ball was still spread around well. I mean, you want a little more production there, but still spread around well enough. Um, But, you know, that's the first step of building a good offense and then going and taking that and building off of it. I mean, listen. It's crazy that they were they were thinking that a team is building is building themselves up after eleven weeks into the season, but that's what we're getting with the Steelers. It's they like, still have a winning record. They're still in the playoff picture. They're still the yeah. team we're gonna talk about week after week. Yeah, like my God, it's like 
Oh, Jesus. It's just like, it's, it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air. Even though you didn't score a lot of points, it's still a breath of fresh air to see this team do something offensively. And they did. So, you know what? I'm happy for my – listen, I've known those two guys. One of them I've known since grammar school, since you were – you know, we went to we went from kindergarten all the way to, you know, we've done, what, almost 20 years together. And now, you know, I've been, I've been friends with him since we were, what, eight years old, so I've been friends with him for 15-plus years now. So, you know, and the other kid I've known since middle school. So it's like I've known them for a long time. And I've known, I've seen them go through all the phases of the Steelers pretty much. You know, the turmoil with AB, like, you know, now with this, with the Matt Canada black cloud hanging over this team. And it's like, we are finally now seeming like we're, we're moving away. That black cloud's finally moving away. And here comes the sunny, the sunny blue skies. Um, so, God, please. I pray I, for their sake. I pray that that, that it, this happens for them. The the black cloud um, is moving actually towards your land, Brandon, in Philadelphia. Because what did you call Brandon Johnson today, or Brian oh, yeah, Johnson today? I, I called Brian Johnson. Black Matt Canada. Black Matt Canada, Shane. It's uh, I remember. Yeah, because here, here's the, here's my problem with him. Like, you know how Matt Canna only had, like, three or four plays? So does Brian Johnson. <laughs> Brian Johnson runs the same three or four plays. Wide receiver or running back screen, uh, a quarterback draw, back draw. And, <laughs> and, and, and just, you know, four verts on Madden. So that's that's it. Those are the only three plays he has, and that's it. The guy doesn't do anything else creative. doesn't do anything else fun because you know who won the game? Jalen Hurts won the damn game today. Nobody else. No thanks to, to Brian Johnson. No thanks to Don Desai getting a turnover. No. I swear to God. But Br- Brian Johnson, man, like, he's somehow, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, the offense scored 38 points. Yeah, was it was it really Brian Johnson, though? Because I guarantee people will be like, oh, Brian Johnson had a good game. Oh, what game are you watching? Are you watching the scoreboard? Because he clearly didn't. The team had seven points and a half. So, it's, you know, it's like Brian Johnson to me, like under Shane Steichen, I have my griefs with Shane Steichen too, but at least Shane Steichen was a competent offensive coordinator. At least the guy had more than three or four players at his disposal, and at least the team got creative when they needed to, and they were moving the ball down the field. This team is still struggling to do that after 11 weeks of football. I am proud that they are 10-1. I am proud that they find ways to win, but my God, Brian Johnson is like the, the biggest thorn in my side. Like, like if you ever have sciatica and you feel it in your leg and it's like a pinched nerve, that's Brian Johnson in my body right now. Like, I cannot. This man, oh, oh, the the things, the things that I yell at my TV when this offense is on the field can never be repeated anywhere for for people <laughs> to hear because I'm so pissed with this man's play calling. It, my hatred, my hatred for that man knows no limit. Knows no limit. I, I'm gonna say a couple of things before we go to Shane. One is they still they're still running quarterback draws in like second and third and fifteen, and it makes no sense. But the one time, and the, it, and the one time it made one time sense, it worked. the one time it made sense was the play to win the damn game, which is the most that's dumbfounding all, thing that's, I've ever seen. And it's only it's only because the 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 Bills sold out to play the pass. That's it. 
That's the only reason because throughout the rest of the game, it was just you knew what the Eagles were going to run. In that case, on that drive, we had been so pass heavy. We only ran the ball, I think, once on that drive. So once or twice. And then the other like six players were passes. So not for nothing, we were pass heavy on that drive. So I don't blame the Bills. Like So, you know, I knew that was coming eventually, that they were going to have to, you know, overcommit on the pass. And I was going to set up a big run. And it, it obviously did to win the game. But it's like, listen, I'm like, when you look at that, that's not Brian Johnson's play call. That's Jared saying, F it, I'll do it myself. And doing it. Like, my God, man. You like, said you said this last week, Brandon, and I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts can actually call plays better than Brian Johnson. He can. He should. Peyton Manning did it in his career, and it worked. Like, this is like, great quarterbacks have the ability to audible out of plays and have the ability to, to call their own plays when they need to to win games. Let Jalen Hurts do it because Brian Johnson is the biggest, the biggest fraud ever. This guy, like, they'll say, oh, he's part of a 10-1 football team. I don't care. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Um, <laughs> well, I had something else I was going to say, and I, I think I forgot it. But, like, I'm sorry. I, I know it's okay. I, I think that, I don't know. And then for the Bills side, it was like, this is the best game they ever played, and yet I'm still not confident in them. Shane, what were your overall thoughts on one of the absolute games of the year, if not the game of the year so far this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just Bills being the Bills. They <laughs> they have these weird games where they come out swinging early and that they just have this momentum and they it's like they can't be stopped until today uh when <laughs> when uh when philly came to town and was like actually uh how about this you know but um no it's yeah they i mean the bills you know i i think they're just a team that like I said, they if they get a lead and they get going early, they're hard to stop. Uh, otherwise, they just look very, well, very sloppy, I guess. Um, and like they just don't know what to do. Uh, which wasn't necessarily the case today because, I mean, they had the game. And they were in the lead for 99% of the game. Uh and they just blew it, but yeah, you know, that's just, uh, they might not make the playoffs. They might, I don't know, but no, they're not, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. The bills are not making the playoffs. There's no, I mean, no they're way. probably not, but they're even 10, if they did, even yeah, if 10, they did, yeah. I know, but even if they did, they would yeah. not that like, they're one of those teams that I could either see them, getting knocked out in the first round or like going deep because they just have these weird games where they're like, yeah, we're going to play good today. You know, and it's just, <laughs> um, so any, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they'll even make it at this point, but, and you, and you know, you know, like with the bills too, it's like everybody, you know, was, was playing, you know, was, was losing their mind over the bills beating the jets last week. I'm like, well, it's the it's Jets, the and look at what they did against the Dolphins on Friday. 
And it's like, and it's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, here, well, here, here's the problem. Here's the problem with this. It's a division game. You play them for a second time. Division games are usually splits. You, you it's rare. It's like honestly, these days, it's rare for a team to sweep their division. Um, you know, they got embarrassed by the Jets the first time because Josh Allen looked terrible. So of course, Josh Allen's going to come out and have something to prove in that game and and whoop them. Like that's that's you knew that was going to happen almost. Like. Like that, 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 that didn't move the needle. I don't know why people thought they were going to come and defend us. They, they put up a lot of, a lot of yards on Philly. They didn't put up points, but like Josh Allen didn't look great. He wasn't a world beater. Philly's defense just couldn't tackle today. They like, were kind of like the Seahawks today, really. They were kind of like, like what the Seahawks were on Thursday. And like, and like, here's the thing. No, they weren't that bad. No, yeah, they, they still weren't, weren't that bad, but they were getting there. Like, like that. I mean, like the problem was too is that that early on in that game, like not for nothing, that defense was gassed because the offense couldn't. It was a three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out every drive. So that defense was gassed. Um, but it's like, you know, I I don't listen. Do I hate when refs make bad calls? We all do, right? But I don't like people constantly saying that the Eagles are bailed out by refs every game. If you have a lead in the game. Then, mind you, the Bills had four different leads, two of which were double-digit leads. That's your fault. You lost that game. I also want to make a point on this. I think games that play like that, that play like that, like where it's really competitive and really tight, at some level, the refs are going to step back. This is the natural tendency. So I don't know yeah. how much it's gonna matter. Like I think the intentional grounding call, like they, yeah, I think there's some determination there. But at some point they're gonna let them play, and and for the most part, for the most part, I don't think this game was refed really well at all on both sides. Yeah, but I don't, bad. I don't think, I don't think it really matters though, because <laughs> yeah. this game was like, kind of just nuts, and I don't think the refs could have been able to make enough of the right calls to make a difference. That's just kind of like, how I felt. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, more, just one more thing I'll say about it too. It's like, you know, they want to say, you know, like, oh, like it's become this narrative now because listen, it happened with the Chiefs too. Once the Chiefs became good, the narrative became all oh, the refs helped them. Like, it's like, but when you're a good team, you find ways to win. It's like, you know, when it like when it came to the Bills, you can't say the refs helped Philly when you had two double digit leads. One was seventeen seven, another one, and that's what I told you guys in the chat. But I'm gonna tell us for people on the pod listening. You had a 17-7 lead at halftime. You had a 24-14 lead in the third quarter. You had a 31-28 lead with less than two minutes to go. All you do is make a stop on defense. You win the game. You couldn't do it. And you let Jay Elliott bang through a damn near 60-yard field goal. Oh, my God. That's one of the best field goals. <laughs> I then, think I've, that was then, insane. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't care. Jay Elliott's the best kicker in Eagles history at that point. Um, And then, okay, you go to overtime. You get the ball. You had a miscommunication for an easy TD, which would have won you the game. And so you kick a field goal, so you still have a lead. And your defense still couldn't stop Philly to win the game. So that's on you. Don't blame the refs. That is completely 1,000% on you. You couldn't finish the game. You didn't make enough plays when it mattered. And your defense could not stop the Eagles. The Eagles couldn't stop them late in that game. So that doesn't matter. At that point... That, that whole ref show talk does not matter. Unless it's in a completely egregious call, which really none of them were. 
They like, were just bad. The refs were bad. Yeah, like, the refs were bad. But can you really say any of those calls was, like, egregious? Not entirely. Like, not, not really. Entirely. Not entirely. Like, well, it's like, you know, that that's I got to make that point every week. Because I'm tired of, like, making this, this whole, you know, stop blaming the refs point. But it's like, the refs have been terrible across, not, not even just, like, the top They've been teams. bad across the league. The league has, like, every game has had, like, ten bad calls in it. So it's like, you know... Can we stop complaining? The better team won tonight. Plain and simple. Period. Uh, I, I'm just gonna finish out with this. I got. I'm. I, so here's where I have a problem with the Eagles in overtime. If if DeAndre Swift didn't get that big run, and you know certain things didn't happen, the Eagles were content to tie, and that was yeah. very very clear. That Brian Johnson was just like, okay, I'm just gonna play for the tie. That was very clear in overtime with six minutes left. There was yeah. You should be any, fired just for that. There's there's barely any sense of urgency. It was disgustingly awful. Yeah, like um, at, at first, yeah, like at first, I was on the same page as you, Rob. I remember saying like, oh, you know, I want them to take the clock down. I think that way, in case they do, then in case they do tie, you know, somehow, then like, you know, the Bills would have a chance to try to win it again. But it's like. But then when I saw it, and I saw that, like, and there, there were a couple of times where they took the like the play clock all the way down. I'm like, what are you doing? Just snap the ball! Like, you know what play you're running? Just snap it! You're trying to win this game. You're trying like, to run the clock down like you're winning in the fourth quarter when you're down in OT. Yeah, and they, just expe- they and just yeah. expecting the tie at the end. Ah, that was so yeah, they, stupid. They they treated that yeah they treated that like it was like a you know like a game winning field goal situation and they had like seven minutes on the clock and they got the ball back and they were trying to kill the whole clock like you know like the Eagles usually do and try to win that game on a field goal but it's like you know you gotta go for the TD like I mean listen they eventually got it but look like without that without that big run by DeAndre Swift they, this game would have ended in a tie I'm yeah, almost guaranteeing it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have Jake Elliott's leg decide decide on another fifty plus yard field goal, which you don't want to have him kick again because like you know like you don't want to be put in that situation again, and it's like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like Jalen Hurts also won that drive because every throw he made was on the money, every single throw was on the money on that yeah, drive. Yeah, but again, like, if certain things don't happen the way they do, that game ends in a tie, and we're sitting here yeah, talking like, about a tie. Like like, it's like you know unbelievable. you unbelievable. Look- like, like we're also looking at that AJ Brown, that that potential, you know, that fumble or incomplete pass play. It's like, you know, that was a short throw. I mean, you only need short yards, but that was like what second and four. Yeah, like, it, it was it, like, it was atrocious. It, it like why? Like why are you running a five yard play on second and four, and especially when you're already past midfield? Like you gotta start going down the field, not just running five yard plays every single snap. Shane, you you hate you hate ties. How do you feel about how the Eagles did at the end of that drive? Well, like I said, I mean Brian Johnson should be fired just for that. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean ties are awful. Um, they're, you know, I mean they're like the worst thing ever in the game of football. Or any game, for that matter. Um, that's why soccer's terrible. Damn it, and... man, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's No, that, that, there are many reasons why soccer's terrible. That's just one of them. Um, Damn it. But that's besides the point. UN, I'm sorry, um, I'm just going to say this. Men na- U.S. men's national team frick you all for what you did the last two weeks. 
You put me in torture. You put me in hell the last two weeks. Okay, continue. Well, that's what you get for being a soccer fan. No, so, um, <laughs> the, uh, no, so, but anyways, what I, what I was going to say <clears throat> before that side topic, um, <laughs> it's, I do think it says a lot about him, uh, because you can tell that they were perfectly fine with that, which you should never just settle for that, you know, in a league where wins matter. And especially now as crunch time is coming up, I mean, yeah, Philly's in a very good position, but you know, there's a lot of teams that are really close behind them that could take that number one seed. Uh, Detroit, San Francisco. I mean, you know, that it's not like it's just, it's not like it's guaranteed theirs. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I just, there's a lot to like about this Eagles team, but again, the, the three, the three great things and the three terrible things. <laughs> Um, you know, it's no different there, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, before we finish off football for the day and get to our post-credit scene, we, we kind of know the week 13 schedule. Week 13 schedule is pretty good. Seahawks-Cowboys on Thursday. Chiefs-Packers is all right, uh, for a Sunday nighter. And then Bengals-Jags. Tomorrow we have, uh, Bears-Vikings, which, again, I don't know why that didn't get flexed, but that's fine. Um, week 14, though. Uh, so week 14, in a couple weeks, we have Bills-Chiefs, the 425-125 game on CBS. That's going to be great. At least it's going to be interesting. Eagles-Cowboys is your Sunday nighter. Uh, but before that, your Thursday nighter on December 7th, so week 14, is Patriots at Steelers. That's your Thursday nighter. Oh, that's gonna be ugly. You're you're yeah. at you're at the same time doubleheader on Monday Night Football is Packers at Giants on ABC. Oh God! And Titans at Dolphins on ESPN. So that's oh. week fourteen. Um, Throw it away. So have have fun with that. Um, just Tannehill play. revenge game. Oh, but he's not playing. Yeah, I know. I don't so, know. I'm just unless unless I'm a miracle just... happens somehow and he gets in the game. Maybe. Um, other than that, uh, post credit scene, Shane. What, what what's your thought on uh, your first black, your first official Black Friday experience with me? I know we didn't actually go into the hustle and bustle stores, but you at least had to deal with the torture that is parking on Black Friday. Oh God! Not even that. Just like getting in and out of the parking lot itself. I mean, that was that was enough of a battle. Is I mean. For the most part, it was it was fine, you know, because we kind of went to different sort of out of the way stores, so it was a lot more chill. We were just we didn't go. Into we were just hanging. Mall. We didn't go into the no. mall, but bro, the mall. And by the way, the mall had our mall. Out of the mall had like some of the absolute worst sales in recent. Way years. to dox us. Uh, yeah. No. Way to. It's dox uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it it was it was it was like it was bad like most of most of the stores had like buy one get one 50 percent off which is just nothing macy's was closed because macy's has this huge strike going on um on top that's of pretty that, funny honestly <laughs> um and then what else oh bath and body works the line was like out the store which i can't believe and that happens every year and you couldn't get food at the food court <laughs> so that was basically that just absolutely atrocious although we did go out of our way um brandon do you make any black friday purchases at all no, I did not. Although I probably, because tomorrow is, is well, now it's today over here for me now. Um, you know, yeah. today is today is Cyber Monday, so the deals are still going on. But I'm definitely gonna still look into my, you know, my Series S. I got to see, you know, kind of what there is out there. I just don't. I like listen. I know it's cheaper. I just I don't know if I want to be spent because I just spent a little bit of money. Like I start to buy. Like on top of like I don't know if I want to buy myself that or not because. I just have to buy Christmas gifts for the people. That's a lot of money to be spending. Yep. So, like, that's what I'm only worried. Like, if I, if I was just buying for myself or something, that I would, I wouldn't hesitate. But it's the, it's just like I'm like, damn, I like money is just like, especially when you don't have a real kind of real decent job. Money is kind of just tight. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's tough. So, but I mean, but also Black Friday too. I've also had a bad Black Friday experience What's last your year. Bad Black Friday experience. I want to hear this. Look, so uh, this has to do with Pandora, and um, because Jesus, that hasn't happened once. It's happened twice. It's happened in back to back years. Um, around they always say like, oh yeah, order this like order like because my, my mom and my sister like charms. So my mom has a charm bracelet. She's got so many different charms for me and my sister over the years, all that stuff. Um, so I order my mom a charm. And every year, I always say, like, oh, order by, like, the first week of December to get this by Christmas. I ordered it on, like, Black Friday. or was, like, around Thanksgiving. Like, the same shit. Same thing. Um, and it was, like, okay, your order's been received. You know, we're going to get it ready. It's going to take long because it's holiday season, but, we're you know, we're getting all that stuff done. So, I'm, like, okay. Get the confirmation order that they finally, like, you know, start to ship it out. And they're, like, oh, it should be there, like, a week before Christmas. I'm like, okay, perfect. That's perfect. And as we get closer, like it wasn't doing any more updates. And then we get to like, like the, the, the week before, like when it's supposed to come and I was like, Oh, it's not coming until like the day after and the day after is her birthday. So it's December 26th, my mom's birthday. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can wait for that. That's probably fine. And the next day it was like, Oh, now it's not coming until new year's. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so this hasn't, this hasn't happened once now. This has happened twice around Black Friday. They've lost my packages. What? So that's so, trash. So because every, because they every because I actually put in a claim for it after a while, saying, "Hey, I never got this thing, and you guys owe me money for it." So like I waited until like January, like because I just kind of forgot about it because you know Christmas, the holidays, all that stuff. So I kind of forgot about it. I looked again. I looked again in January. Like, in January, and I'm like, "Oh, I never got this." So I'm like, "Okay, let me file this claim." And you know, they gave me the money back, but like, I had to actually talk to somebody, like, go through somebody to actually do it. I'm like, "Listen, I never got my damn thing, and you guys owe me money." So, like, 
And I'm like, this is the second time this has happened. Like, I'm tired of ordering this stuff around Black Friday, and you guys should constantly lose my stuff. Damn. So, F. like... Sounds like you better call Saul. <laughs> like, my God, I had such a... I was so pissed. It's like, every time my mom... Like, nowadays, I'm so wary if my mom wants to turn on Christmas. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. So, because I don't trust that. You know, I don't trust them anymore. And I'm, and I'm not going to drive... I can drive 45 minutes to my local mall and, and not even local, 45 minutes away to my mall. Which is and, trash, as we've talked about. Yeah. And because they have a Pandora store there, but it's like, I, I can just order it online from the comfort of my own bed. Why would I go to the mall? <laughs> so, you know, like, I like the mall experience, but not if I'm buying something. <laughs> like, this is going to sound so bad. I like the mall experience, but not if I'm buying something for, for you know, special people in my life. Yeah, but it just gets annoying. But you know, yeah, it is what it is. I I hear you there. Yeah. Now, I mean, honestly, the older I get, the more I hate Christmas. Like, <laughs> I, I I know I know I sound like the Grinch when I say that, and I don't mean to come across that way. But it's just like it's so expensive. It's like, okay, I gotta buy a gift for this person, this person, this person, and if I don't, I'm gonna be an asshole. And, oh yeah. You know, it's a, it's like that. I I said to my mom, I was like, well, "Why do we do gifts on Christmas?" And she said, "Well, because we're celebrating Jesus' birthday." And I was like, "Okay, well, we're celebrating. It's not our birthday. We're, we're celebrating him." And I was like, "By buying a bunch of stuff." I, I was I was like, "Well, okay, so what? Why are we celebrating a birthday?" Of a guy who died two thousand years ago, oh my God. and and <laughs> and giving each other presents for it. I granted, you know, he's a great guy, and I'm uh, I'm very thankful for him. But uh, <laughs> but that I mean that's a whole other conversation. But uh, <laughs> but it's uh, but, but like w- w- why do I mean it, it'd be like you know your grandpa died or something, and then. On his birthday, you're like, "Here, Grandma, here's a gift for you." It's like, <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> that would just be weird. Um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah. 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 And then Chris, and then Chris it's all, all it's all about things. it's all about money. So I guess it doesn't matter. We don't even know if Christmas is really Jesus' birthday or not. I don't know because it's like no, no, his birthday is in the spring. His birthday is in the spring. Yeah, his birthday is like March. Um, oh God! But they, I, for, I forget why it's celebrated in December, but, um, but yeah, no, that, that's why. I've, when I was younger, I didn't like Easter as much, but now as I get older, I love Easter because it's just like it's no gifts or anything. You just you 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 go to church, you eat, eggs. and then and then and then and yeah, then. You come home, you have a brunch or whatever, and just hang out. Like, it's great. Um, any Thanksgiving stories from our time off? Anything interesting or funny? My, uh, grandfather, my, grand, my grandfather makes enough food to to feed the homeless across America. <laughs> so, I, I I eat good for about four days. Not gonna lie, good. Very and good. Let me, let me just say this year. This year was like every year is usually fire. This year, oh, wow, chef's kiss. 
It was <laughs> nice. So- um. Yeah, we just ate and then uh, watched like the first half of the Seahawks game, and it was abysmal. Uh, <laughs> so then, so then we just played Cards Against Humanity, and that was that was much less terrible. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I went, so it wasn't bad. I went to Best Buy, or I went to Best Buy and Target. No, Fred Meyer Best Buy Target with my mom at five in the morning the next morning. Oh, oh God! And, and I bought her a tablet, so that's good. At least I got her something. Um, at least I got that. You're a psychopath, Robert. What? You not for you, buying her a tablet. That was very nice of you. But for going to, <laughs> but for going to those stores. At 5 a.m. on Black Friday. What the hell is wrong with you? Do you realize that all the the parking lots were filled to the brim at 5 in the morning? Although, to be fair, you probably hadn't slept by that point. No, I did. I slept like like 12 hours. He was wide awake. No, I was wide awake, but I I slept a good bit. uh, You were just wired? (laughs) No, I was. I was so wired. I was so wired, and my coworker was so mad from, from having to work at from having to work that he coughed all over me and my boss for like two hours was incredible. Just Robert was just, Robert was just incredibly wired on Red Bull and like keyboard cleaner. No, 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 it actually was. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a Starbucks. No, it was a Starbucks white chocolate mocha grande that got me through the day. With Red Bull, probably. No, no Red Bull, actually. Um, thank you. Oh, wow. Good job. Yeah. Um, All right. So, Jojo positive. Rabbit. Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. Let's go into our main topic of the day. Um, <laughs> Shane, I'm, I know one of the conversation we had uh, last week about we wanted to do kind of a more fun movie, but still kind of in that sort of, I guess, disappointing the kind of the Holocaust point that we wanted to kind of accomplish um with this week's movie but uh explain your thoughts on on jojo rabbit and why it was our selection this week yeah or you know i guess just like historical movies kind of like the idea here yeah um and uh yeah you know i think you know jojo rabbit was a movie that i like at first when i heard about it i wasn't I mean, I wasn't like uninterested, but I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, it's a Taika Waititi movie. He's playing Hitler. That's interesting. Um, you know, I was just kind of thinking, uh, okay, well, you know, we'll see, I guess. Um, but then when I actually watched it, it, it there was much more. There was much more going on in a good way than than I expected. Um, and uh, the spoilers start now uh, so if you haven't seen this movie yet go watch it and come back next week thank you for listening, goodbye um, honestly, um, people should have already seen this movie this movie came out in 2019 but yeah. Okay. well yeah, but you never know uh, yeah, so you know, it, it centers around Jojo, this kid hence the title and um he is a young boy in Nazi Germany, and he's definitely 
a fan of the Nazis, which, out of context, sounds bad. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, one day he discovers that his mom, mm-hmm. uh, played by my wife, Scarlett Johansson, is <laughs> is hiding a a young girl, not like super young, probably like, you know, 16, 17, in their attic. And she's a Jewish girl. And, you know, with this discovery that Jojo makes, his perspective on the whole thing kind of starts to change. And the interesting thing about it is that he has Hitler as an imaginary friend. Played by and Taika Waititi. Played by Taika Waititi. Amazingly well, yeah. And, you know, and I like that he was so dramatized because, of course, a little kid's imaginary friend version of their beloved dictator, beloved in quotes, uh, it, of course it's going to, you know, he's going to be like nice and fun and silly and whatever, when in reality he was not at all, obviously. And, but then, you know, as it goes on, he starts to realize, well, actually, uh, it's kind of messed up. And, you know, that's, I like that kind of commentary because that is, that is fairly common throughout human history. You see these uh, different groups of people who get basically brainwashed by a certain ruler, um, you know, whether it's him or uh, Stalin, Genghis Khan, you name it. And just so obsessed with this ruler and will do whatever. And the people that are most vulnerable to this are children because they are still learning. They don't know the ways of the world yet. And so they just, you know, they hear an adult who they know is supposed to be a leader and they're like, well, all right, I guess that's how things are. Even though, obviously, it's not correct. And, um, yeah, and so, you know, and, and I like that it shows the perspective of someone like his mom who uh, opposes them and the Nazis. And, you know, because even though the Nazi party was the ruling party in Germany at the time, doesn't mean everybody supported them in Germany. Um, yeah, I mean, most people did support them. They like to say, oh, well, it wasn't most of us. It was. Look at the voting records and patterns. But, but not everybody. And so, you know, I like that they showed that. And, um, you know, not to mention with all that, it's just funny, which is weird to say about a movie about Hitler. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it was. And I think for good reason. But what did you guys think 
Brandon, you go first. Um, go ahead. I mean, I that was kind of the same feeling I had towards it. I'm like, why am I laughing at a movie about Hitler and Nazi <laughs> Germany? <laughs> but like, but I it's crazy. At first, I didn't realize that that Hitler was his imaginary friend until they actually like showed him like vanish in that scene in the woods. That was when I was like, oh, wait a minute. He actually is an imaginary friend. Like, I didn't realize that at first. I, I was like, I don't know why I didn't realize it, but I just didn't. And, um, I mean, God, like, but I knew this movie was going to be pretty damn good when I saw the opening, and they basically compared Hitler to Beatlemania. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this, I was like, I know this movie's going to be great. Like just off the scene alone, I'm like, this is great. Oh, and the fact they had "I want to hold your hand" in German. Oh my is, god, I is, love that. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, but, jeez, like everything about it was so done, like, the, like so well done. It's like you know, it's it's hard to pull off. Like, it's a comedy drama movie. Comedy dramas are kind of hard to pull off anyway, because you have to dramedies. Yeah, dramedies. You know, you have to balance the you know the right amount of seriousness and like you know, but with, with the right amount of like lightheartedness and funniness. But you also have like, but then when you throw into the mix that it's like about Nazi Germany and Hitler, it's like how the hell can you pull that off? And they and they did because it's like, you know, the I remember the thing uh, like, and I was, I was telling you Rob, I was telling you earlier like you know the criticisms were that the the criticisms about the movie were that like oh it was kind of like, you know like kind of not making fun but like kind of like you know kind of poking fun at like the hard the real horrors of nazi germany and stuff like that it's like but it's a satire it wasn't it wasn't making fun of it it was it was showing how how bad it really was just through through like a, a thin thinly veiled like you know disguise of being funny like it's like you know i, I love you know this movie, it's like it's and it's hard to pull off a funny movie about such such a serious and, and and gross and awful subject, but it did it. And I mean, honestly, the the like you have a you just like I mean, Taika Waititi is just uh, funny as all hell. Um, every scene he was in was was so funny, but um. Uh, well, I'll say the funniest scene for me was when he's like, he's saying to Jojo, he's like, you're 10 years old, get your shit together. But then he's, but then he like storms out like a little kid. He spits in the, in the he spits in the <laughs> pod and then kicks the chair. Like, it's like, you know, that was pretty, that was pretty funny. I, I like how that was. Um, I also like how whenever he got mad, he did his best, like angry Hitler impression. So, you know, that was kind of like showing like, you know, Hitler act like and if you notice that, like, I feel like it's it's one thing to have like, you know, they had like, you know, Hitler being like his imaginary friend. But just like Hitler was a was a you know nasty villain in real life, you know, as you grow older and you and you grow disenchanted with like, you know, I know that that's also what happened over time in Nazi Germany. You get disenchanted with, you know, the hate speech and stuff like that. You eventually see the ugliness underneath, and eventually that came out in Taika Waititi's portrayal of Hitler throughout the movie. Um, so you know, I, I like how that came out, and I just like 
the the relationship between Elsa and Jojo was was just like it was so cool to see a back and forth and to see a real like you know one one minute they're fighting next minute next minute they're they're getting along one you know one minute you know one's trying to comfort the one's trying to comfort the other next minute it's going back the other way it's like I like how there was constant this constant like push and pull with them uh and just and that's not just because of just you know them coming obviously from different places and not you know Nazi Germany and her being a Jewish girl, but just you know obviously having two different genders, two different views of of life out outside of just like you know because she's more mature. She had she had the scene. She's you know she's been seeing the horrors of what you know her family's gone through and what she's gone through, and she's kind of had to grow up faster where he's. He's so determined to grow up faster to him, be a man, but he's not. He's a little kid, and it's like it's it's really kind of cool to see their relationship develop throughout the movie. And then I think I think the moment that, like, I mean, well, it's a moment that would break anybody, but the moment that kind of finally breaks Jojo is when is him obviously seeing his mother hung. In the town square. Oh my god, just a brutal scene. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that was that, you know, because especially to have right before that, him chasing a butterfly and like having it be kind of like a happier scene and it leading right to that, cutting right to that. It's like that is the almost the perfect ju- just juxtaposition of, and remember, this is also they they brought up uh, what Rilke, that that poet. Yeah. Um, Who's a very key of, theme throughout the entire film, even to the end. Yeah, and he is, and also because in that moment too, they met, they used a quote at the end of the movie about him talking about beauty and terror. That's exactly what that scene was, was yeah. beauty and terror. So and there was multiple scenes like that where there was beauty and terror. So it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's just like the, the movie was so well done from a comedy standpoint because it was funny. Uh, Rebel Wilson, her 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 character was hilarious. Oh my god, just um, absolutely ridiculous. Like just being absolutely off the wall, but also just and butting into conversations where she doesn't belong. Um, just funny as all hell. Um, having having a, I think this is what they were going for. I mean, I don't want to speculate, you know, because it's you know something you know it's left it's left up to interpretation. But having a basically a a gay camp counselor in 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 uh and what's the wasn't it captain k oh my god captain k is one of my favorite characters in this yeah. entire movie and, just awesome. just perfect. and you know him actually you know at first at first he he developed you know at first he's rough on jojo and makes fun he's a real drunk something like that but eventually he kind of changes his ways throughout the movie and you know obviously bonds and befriends jojo so it's just really cool you know, to, to see just how much, you know, every single one of these characters evolved throughout the movie. So it's, it was so well done. And the thing is, it didn't, it wasn't long either, which is nice. It was only an hour and 45 minutes. So you weren't sitting there forever. Like the pacing was well done. Comedy was great. The drama, you know, really the seriousness of it was great. And to take such a serious subject and turn it into a, funny but poignant movie is is you can't ask for much better than that that was done so well that there's 
you know, there, there, there's not much else you can really say. It was so well done. I think the biggest thing for me was how serious this movie was at important moments, um, particularly yeah. in, in just, like, the, the scene where she's hung, the the scene where, you know, the, the you know, how realistic or somewhat realistic from interpretations and obviously things we've heard from from actual real life or no, not, that's not the way to put it, but actual Jewish people talking about their experience of like hiding in someone's house and then, you know, having to basically like find ways to hide themselves when the, 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 the German police comes like that. It was very well done. Cause it's a, that's what, what, you know, Jewish people talk about the, those horrors in that way. Um, so it was serious when it needed to be. Um, I also absolutely love the scene where he he's like, I'm, I'm I'm not a rabbit, or he's like I'm a rabbit, and he grabs the grenade and throws it, and then completely gets his face smashed off. It was just like yeah. the dumbest thing, uh, but it was a great way to kind of like like easy win to his character. Weirdly, um, the funny thing actually about this was my mom came home from hanging out with some of my Romanian friends, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching this movie. Do you want to watch it with me? She watches the first maybe 40 minutes and says, I'm going to go to bed. This is stupid. Why are you watching this? And then she actually stays for the entire rest of the film and told me that she loved it at the end. Because it's just, it's such a weird film for the first like 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. But once you get into it, it's just brilliant. I also, I did. I realized why I said this is a great wine movie. It's because Scar, I remember because. When I watched this movie the first time, I was drinking wine at the same time Scarlett Johansson was in the film. So I also had a glass of of white wine watching this movie. Because for me, this just feels like a wine movie. And I think that is the reason why. Um, As weird as that sounds, but it's an excellent film. Uh, Brandon, where where do you have it ranked um, from uh, on a rating from 0 to 10? Where did you have this one ranked? I think this, for me, is... Kind of where I think critics would have it, and a lot of the fans and you know a lot of people had it. Um, you know, moviegoers had it. <laughs> I think that um, it's it's probably damn. I don't want to say it's it's. I, I think it's a it's a strong eight, and probably on a rewatch, if I catch other things, it could be an eight and a half. But it's definitely a strong eight. Yeah, that that's exactly where where Rotten Tomatoes has it, where critics have it. It's at eighty percent out of a hundred. I think that's pretty fair. I think I also had it at an eight. Um, Shane, any final thoughts before we go to your movie pick for next week? I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong like ninety nine percent of the yeah, time, that's but also true. Um, but I do agree with them here. I, yeah, I'm like, for me, yeah, yeah, I'm about it. Eight, eight and a half, kind of like where you are, Brandon. Um, yeah, and it's um, it's very interesting the the story, you know, behind the making of this movie too. Just how um, Taika Waititi kind of he just did it as a giant middle finger to Hitler. Also, um, but also, it's which, based off it's based which, off a really serious book too. It is. It is. Um, but yeah, and he wasn't originally going to play Hitler, but no one would do it because they were like, oh, well, I'm not going to portray him in a positive light because, you know, they're 
didn't read the script probably and just whatever. Anyways, um, he's like, well, that's not the point, but fine, I'll just do it myself. And um, by the way, perfect casting, casting himself is the right move. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that kind of covers it all. Um, the next movie, I had two in mind. Um, we could either so the foreign film that I wanted to do is called Pan's Labyrinth. And one of the subplots is that uh, the main character's dad is a Nazi officer in Spain. Um, so kind of keeps with the World War II theme. It also, um, it's also a fantasy movie, so it's like super interesting. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a dark fantasy, like yeah. it's uh. Like tame horror, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it's also Guillermo um, del Toro, so that's very interesting. It's Guillermo del Toro, and it's a uh, it's a Mexican movie, um, and it's I think it's pretty great, um, but uh, that's like the foreign slash fantasy movie that I was thinking, um. Which, I mean, I, I do want to get to that one eventually, but... Um, or we could do the mockumentary. And that is District 9. Oh, oh shit. I love District 9. I love District 9. That's have you so seen it? Good. seen it? You have seen it, Brandon? Yeah, I've seen it. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> Well, since all three of us have seen it, we'll skip that one. Um, uh, District Nine's great. So good. <laughs> it is great. Um, uh, okay. Well, in that case, let's do Pan's Labyrinth, and I'll think of another mockumentary right, uh, that we could good. do Pan's in the meantime. This week. Uh, that sounds really good. Pan's Labyrinth. 2006. It's definitely... One of the more unique movies we've done. Uh, um, Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like in lot of people have it like, as like some of like the greatest movies of the twenty first century lists. Like it's it's all over the place. It's also free. On it's, Tubi. Um, it's also free on Tubi, guys. So free movie, another free one. Hey, okay. there you go. So there we go, free on Tubi. So that's good. I mean, it's it's visually stunning. I mean, the cinematography, yes, but just the the creatures and the just the world it's it's really interesting um yeah All right. anyways well that will be it for shane brandon and myself we'll probably see you all on monday depending on how the bears game goes but definitely on thursday uh we're probably gonna have an extremely fun pod uh for seahawks cowboys shane do you know what channel we're getting it on local TV wise? No clue. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's Fox locally for us. I think. Uh, I well, maybe. 
Um, uh, regardless, uh, it's probably going to be uh, like uh, 41 to 10 Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. it's going to be Fox, but I, I, cause, cause the biggest thing is, uh, locally, yeah. um, the Thursday night games and not the Monday night games anymore. Cause they're on NBC or ABC, excuse me. Uh, but the ones locally for Thursday night are, are, if you're in the local area, you get it on television on, uh, you know, on cable. Brandon, do you know, like, what what uh what network does it for Eagles games most of the time, uh, or for Giants games maybe? Well, for I mean I mean Eagles games you don't have a local channel obviously, but like when we do get Eagles games, obviously they're mostly on Fox. I mean this week was CBS. But uh, no, I'm asking for. Uh, I guess I should ask for Giants and Jets when you, they play on Thursday night. What channel gets it locally? Uh, I think it's thirteen. It. For us, it's it's. I don't think it changes. I, I think because I, I, for some reason it's like when I look at the. I mean, I don't watch. I don't watch the local broadcast anyway. But I, we don't. We don't have. I don't think we have a local team like a local broadcast for it. I think it's just if it's on TV in this area, it's going to be on TV in this area, and it's going to be like ABC Seven for like that oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what oh, happens oh, like, is what happens is it's the same broadcast. It's just simulcasted locally. Yeah, like for us, there's no, there's no, like, if the Giants are playing, you know, it's going to be on TV, but it's going to be, it's mostly like, because there is no strictly Giant from what I remember. Like, we have the only time they ever talk about the Giants outside of like you know Fox Five and CBS and ABC, like when the games are on TV there. Is just they do like post game wrap ups on like my nine and like yeah. uh, stuff like that, but they don't actually show the games on those channels. And I think if they do, it's once in a blue moon. So yeah. remember, like I'm, remember I'm trying, my area, in my to, area, they're always on TV. I'm just trying to remember. No, I'm just trying to remember like what because I, I I've always been intrigued by what uh, what network gets these games locally. It's just fascinating to me yeah. as a broadcast guy, but I don't actually know what it is for us here. I think it's going to be Q13, Shane. I, I would presume it's going to be Fox, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, it was Fox I don't last know. year. I, I don't know, and um, to be honest, I don't really care because I'm going to be watching it on Amazon with my boys Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, so you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, it, that's well, probably why. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Amazon broadcast, so that's what I mean. Yeah. It, it's the Amazon broadcast just on local TV. Yeah, yeah, like for us, it's like ABC for the Giants. It'd be ABC Seven, uh, NBC Four. CBS two, Fox five, all that stuff, but that's it. Like it's not like it's any. We don't have like a, a straight up just like local channel, like other than like my nine or whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still. It, but my my biggest point, which I is that it's the Amazon broadcast. It's just simulcasted on local TV, so it's still Al Michaels and you know it's still Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. It's still the same broadcast. It's just supplemented to local tv for local areas but i guess we'll find that out um as the days go on because i'm actually really interested to see what it is i think it is going to be fox here locally but we'll see 
definitely comment down below what what channel uh, you get your Thursday night games in if you're watching around around the states because I'm really interested to know like what what networks get the games because never the number one network that actually covers the teams usually the number two network in most cases but comment below um, on anything or just tweet at us uh, at Arcelosi at Ethos Chargers uh, for that because I'm really interested in what your local networks are uh, for those games but. For Shane, for Brandon, thank you guys for hopping on on a Sunday, and we'll see you all soon. Goodbye, fellas. Yes, sir. Take care, boys. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.